Hello, and welcome to the Thrive Yoga and Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so excited to share today's episode. We will be diving into a little bit more of the philosophy, maybe even a bit of history, and tiptoeing perhaps into some mythology surrounding a yoga practice here in the West. Now, we are not experts by any shape of the imagination. We are yoga enthusiasts sharing the information that we have learned along our journey, and we hope that you find it entertaining and maybe even a little educational. Thank you so much for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe to this channel. depending on how good of a life that you lead, you can actually walk and bring your earthly physical body into heaven. And But it's a very rare thing, and you have to have this basically impeccable life. And so in this story... Very pure of spirit, very clean karma. Mm-hmm. If you've had made mistakes, you've you know, learn from them and grow. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the interesting thing is, and maybe one day we can talk about it, I'll maybe go back into it, the, even though these, every, all of these characters that were in these books, and they end up, I shouldn't tell you all this, where they end up can sometimes surprise you. Alexa, turn off. Oh, was the music getting too loud? It was distracting. Me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> the the. I hope you edit that out. I'm not sure if I'll be able to, but I will do my best. <laughs> the The cool thing about it is, is these are all great concepts that are designed to make you think, right? And another really cool thing about these mythological, philosophical conversations is it's not necessarily these people weren't necessarily real people, but it's great things for you and I to consider and to talk about and to maybe use in our own day-to-day lives and in terms of how how do I respond and that sort of thing. So here we are. We have, oh, and by the way, on YouTube, we have a really cool cartoon that kind of depicts this story, if you will, and we'll put links to that one down below. So as the brothers and their wife leave their town, Hastinapur, their country, and everybody's in tears, as soon as they leave town, oh, Indian background music, as soon as they leave town, this dog just starts to follow them. And it's just some random stray dog. And and it's, remember, this is before cars were around. So people right. just got up and they walked. And and it's not like you're just walking to your neighbor's house like I, I do to Merritt's house. It's a journey. It's a journey. And they don't, they're in South India. And remember, India is a subcontinent. So this is like bigger than Chattanooga. You know, this is bigger than Tennessee. Like this is a huge area. And they're in the southern regions. And they they make a trek. They make a journey. And they go all over the southern region. And they kind of go throughout India on this journey to heaven, if you will. And they see, they go into the ocean. They go west. And guess what? The dog stays with them the whole time. This dog is just there. And they they befriend, they befriend the dog. You know, the dog's there. And then they, they kind of make a, a turn to go to the north into the Himalayas. Right. Because that's where heaven, the, the I guess, doorway to heaven is. Doorway to heaven. Is, is into heaven. Mm-hmm. And so as they get to walking, keep in mind, these are 
older people. Like these, they've already lived their their lives. They they left in Ostinapore. They left their uh, Eudistir's grandson to be the king. Heir. Yeah, the, the king. king. So these are not. It's not like you know, young spry people. These are older people going on this long journey, and as they get t- towards the Himalayas, Dropadi, the wife, dies, mm-hmm. and. The brother Bhima asked Yudhisthira, who's the oldest, and, and he said, well, why aren't you stopping? Because Yudhisthira just kept walking, even though his, his wife died. Right, but he also asked why. Yeah. Why did she have to die? They were grieving. Yep, yep. All of the brothers were grieving over the loss of their wife, and Yudhisthira, without stopping, said she suffered from the sin of partiality. She always liked... Arjuna, one of the brothers, the best. And so rather than being equally partial to everyone, her sin, which is what caused her to be unable to walk into heaven, was partiality. So the brothers in their grief continued walking with their dog, the, the, this new dog that's been with them for, you know, basically, you know, miles and miles. They continue walking through the up into the Himalayas. And then the next thing we know, Sahadev dies. Wasn't it Sahadev that was second? Mm-hmm. And Bhima, Bhima asked Yudhisthira, who's continuing to walk, and they're, they're, they're mourning for the loss of their brother, why, why did Sahadev die? And Sahadev died because of vanity, right? It was, it was vanity and pride. And he was always, uh, well, his, when his brother asked, he said he was always righteous and honored everyone. And he also was respected by all. Why didn't he reach to heaven? And he was told that he was always very virtuous. No doubt that he was too honest in every aspect, but he had the depravity of a pride and egotism. Mm -hmm. So even though all these other aspects of his life, he was, quote, right, doing the right thing, the way that Eudistir explained it to his brothers is he still had he still suffered from the ego and the pride. Right. And so the brothers, the, the remaining brothers, which are now Yudhisthira, the oldest, Bhima, Arjuna, and Nikula, right? Nikula? Um, N-A-K-U-L-A, Nakula. I've been calling it Nakula. Nakula. So. Okay. I listened to the Mahabharata, and I'm trying to remember how they pronounced it. So so now it's Nakula, Arjuna, Bhima, and Yudhisthira still with the dog traveling up the, the Himalayas, and then the next thing we know, Nakula dies. And Nakula was the favorite by all. Everyone. Everybody loved him. Loved he was, him. He was kind-hearted, and he considered all creatures the same, all living things the same. And so, you know, they couldn't understand why. Why didn't he finish his journey? And, um... Yudhisthira said that he should not have been seen as difference in the face but he had pride on his beauty and he followed and and he failed to follow dharma by seeing the differences in skin by considering himself above all handsome or beauty whatever word you want to use so that's the reason he yep so he died again because of that pride that pride and vanity he couldn't walk into heaven Mm -hmm. so now we've got the three oldest brothers who are also in the Mahabharata they're kind of the three main characters 
there, there's tons of characters because this is huge epic. Right. But Arjuna, Bhima, and Yudhisthira are kind of like the three main dudes. And they're, they're trekking up through the mountains with this little dog. And then the next thing we know, Arjuna falls and dies. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading this and listening to it, I was actually kind of shocked that Arjuna. That Arjuna yeah, because Ar- he's, like, I know about him more than any of mm-hmm. the others. Because it's, he was such a warrior, mm-hmm. a mighty warrior. Yep, he received this um, blessed bow. And in the, the Mahabharata, which is part of where the Bhagavad Gita comes from, it's this whole conversation between Arjuna and Krishna. Mm-hmm. And so most people are familiar with Arjuna, and so you're kind of shocked since he's fought what you think would be following his calling, following his dharma, doing the right things. You would think he would be, you know, kind of right there first in line to walk into heaven, but Arjuna fell. And at this point, you know, Bhima's upset. He's lost his wife, and now his three brothers, Yudhisthira, keeps walking on. And why, why did Arjuna die? Why did because Arjuna die? Because he always believed himself. He was the best archer, but he had a lot of pride and vanity in that fact. Yeah, and because he was the best archer. He, yeah, he, like, always kind of pushed his power around and boasted about that he was the the finest archer. Yep. He was in the in the book it talks about how he was sent um out into the, the different kingdoms to kinda enforce he was like the enforcer. So Arjuna's vice, if you will, was that pride and vanity again. So that took three of the Pandavas. Mm-hmm. So now we're we're getting pretty high up in the Himalayas and it's cold up there. The dogs with Bhima and Yudhisthir and Bhima falls. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we're wondering, why does Bhima fall? Why does Bhima fall? Well, Bhima's a big dude. He was the biggest one of all the brothers. And his sin was gluttony. He loved to eat. He, was, he always ate more than he needed, mm-hmm. is, is what the, the Yudhisthira tells us in the book. And also, he kind of pushed his power around because oh, yeah. he was big. Yes, yeah, he was he was kind of a bully, and there's some cool scenes in the battle scene talking about yeah, uh, and it how talked big about he was. that he didn't uh, always consider other people's needs. Like he took all the food that yes. he wanted and didn't consider other people's nutritional needs. That's that yes. So Bima died. So now we're left with just Yudhisthira in this pup walking in the frigid Himalayan mountains, and the next thing we know, this magical chariot comes out of nowhere. It's, it's like an, ele- imagine a unicorn, but if a unicorn was like an elephant. <laughs> and on this chariot is Indra, who is a deity. And Indra says, come on, Yudhisthira, I'll take you up to heaven. It was a chariot. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, so it's like, the, what I always imagined was like a chariot that's being held, flown up by, anyways, anyways. By Pegasus. By, by Pegasus, an Indian version of Pegasus. Yeah. I love it. So, so Yudhisthira was like, sweet, sweet, all right, we'll, we'll go. Come on, pup, let's get into this magical chariot. And Indra's like, no, 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 dogs don't come in. He's like, no pets in my car. <laughs> Abandon the dog and let's go to heaven. Get yep. in. Yeah. Leave the dog. And Yudhisthira's like, what, what, no way, no way. I can't leave this dog. He's been following me for hundreds of miles. He... He trusts me now. I, he he trusts me. And he's me also for food. dependent on me. Yes, because they've been together so long, and now they're in the mountains. And how is this dog going to live? And Yudhisthira basically is like, "Heck no, I'm not leaving this dog. No." And and Indra's like, "Come on, it's just a dog. Just leave him. Who cares?" The dog's been following him since the moment he left the kingdom, and he's lost his whole family, all his brothers and his wife, 
and he's not going to heaven without that dog. That's right. That's right. How many of us are probably very similar about our pups, maybe? And and it's it's kind of this baffling moment. And honestly, in this entire book, which is I, I did the audio version, it was over forty four hours long. Mm-hmm. This one section is maybe fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a very small section of it. But it's towards the end of this novel, and I remember thinking, way to go, Eudistir, because there were some times in the novel that I was like, I, Eudistir wasn't Why my favorite. Why is he just leaving the people dead and yeah. moving on? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And poof, you know, because this is a mythological story, the dog magically turns into another deity. Lord Dharma. Lord Dharma. So now or, or Lord Yama. Or yeah. is that how it says Lord Yama? Yama who is who is Dharma. Mm-hmm. So long story a little bit longer. Yudhisthira ends up getting to go into heaven with with uh Indra because he's rewarded for his uh compassion and his loyalty to animals and people that are in need. And in case you're wondering, spoiler alert, all the brothers and the wives, they also end up in heaven. They're all in heaven, so no worries there. They just didn't get to go in their earthly bodies. Eudistir got to go in with his earthly body. And so that was the story for long and short of it. Um, I thought now would be a good time to kind of have some discussions about this story. What do you think? Yes, for sure. (laughs) So what struck you with this story? Let's, Let's... Maybe going back to the beginning, what what struck you? Well, I thought a lot about karma and, like I said earlier, pureness of spirit, and but also like just the own human struggle about you know how uh, the wife loved Arjuna the best. Would that not be difficult to not have a favorite? And, and and you know from earlier studies in the in the epic, she served all of her husbands. And oh yeah, loved she all was of her very husbands. faithful. And but she just favored Arjuna, so that's a difficult one for me. It is hard to not because be partial. I do have favorites. I try not to, but I do have favorites. It's very hard to not. Yeah, the the right. people that are easy to love. They're easy to love, you know, versus the ones that maybe not so much. So I think it speaks of unconditional love and, you know, putting the same kind of energy towards people that maybe we don't feel as lovable about, like being in that space of unconditional love. That one gets, that gets, gets me there because there are certainly people that I'd rather just. Well, it's, yeah, it can be, it can be heavy. Very much in so. the kind of work that we do, yeah, and you do have to set boundaries, but this is a whole different story from that. Um, so your first thing was the partiality. So what got me at first in this particular part of the the story was the decision to let go, which, by the way, is uh, one of the legs of yoga, and um, there's eight limbs of yoga, right? And so the yamas and the niyamas, those are all parts of this practice right and letting go is a big part not having not being attached and so all five of these brothers with their queen they were like living la vida right they were the kings of this very very affluent country although it had been devastated by war where basically all the families had died like they were living in the palace every need was met like like they were just chilling out and they could have they could have just done that you know and you know gone to sleep you know 
in their bed and then woke up in heaven without their earthly bodies, one would think, because they left, they led such pure lives, and yet they right. made this decision, no, I'm going to leave my comfy bed and my, you know, set three squares a day, and I want to journey on to heaven. And, and that, to me, was the first one. It's like, ooh, could I let go of these comforts for the hope of something else? Well, they say that eventually, on any spirit spiritual walk, that eventually you will have to leave every attachment behind. And I mean, like one of my gurus, like locked up his condo in Florida, gave the key to his secretary, and walked away with nothing—not a picture, not a book, nothing. And, I don't want to do that. You know, I mean. I've seen people, like, lose everything, you know? And what happens after that makes or breaks, you know, and where your dharma is, and we're going to talk about we're dharma. About to get into dharma, yeah. Then that determines if that journey is one of spiritual evolution or one that tears you completely down. Interestingly, like, keep your guru made that choice. Whereas, like, for Judson and I, and you guys may or may not, I've been on several podcast episodes recently talking about how we got to, to taking over the, the Thrive Studio. Like, we basically had everything taken for us. It, and so instead of being like the brothers who walked away, we just had our jobs taken away. Right. And the effect of that, it, it didn't break us. You know, it actually, I feel like it made us better. So that's an interesting perspective, like letting it go. So that was my first lesson. Yeah, you don't have to die to do it. Nope. But it's a death-rebirth cycle. Mm -hmm. Over and over. Yes. Another interesting thing that we talked about briefly before we started recording, and I asked Merritt if it struck her at all about the order in which the wife and the brothers died. Right. And I had not considered that. And I, because I thought it was interesting that partiality was considered the worst. You know, over... Bima and his gluttony and his inability to look at other people's needs. Like, it, that was very interesting to me, how, in the order in which they went. Well, and probably if you listen to, you know, if you explored this whole story, then cues for how all that went down would be clearer. I mean, I listened and I, I, I technically read the whole story and it still shocked me. So you felt like... She didn't show favoritism to Arjuna? I didn't think it was as honestly, my, personally, but I'm looking at it from a Western perspective. Mm -hmm. And this is something we'll talk about a lot in these upcoming episodes. It's just different ways of e examining things. Like, she was cooking for all of them. And she always reserved the most for Bima because he was the biggest one. And so she took care of all of them. Yeah, And they, they actually had it arranged where she spent certain months with each of them. And she did her wifely duties for all five of them. And it just, in passing, is mentioned. But the fact is, is that made her the first to go. So over. in the story, it's not obvious that she favors Arjuna? I didn't feel like it. Okay. Like, it's mentioned it, but it's not like, oh, Arjuna gets the better plate. Okay. Or let me give Arjuna more time. And that was a little bit shocking. But again, remember, these are also translations from another language, and each translation is probably a little different. Well, yes. And parts are left yes. out. But I thought it was inter I thought that part was very interesting. And then going on how pride and vanity killed three of the five brothers. Mm -hmm. Like, that to me is saying that 
we got to check ourselves. We got to check the pride. We got to check the ego. We talk about that all the time in yoga, right? Like eyes on the mat. It's not a competition. It's not even a competition with yourself. Like let the ego go. Well, I have to look at people to see what I'm doing. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> or or one of those like what the heck is what she is doing? What's supposed to look like? You yeah, know? that's why I look at. Well, and the, but there, that's a difference yeah. than you know, and I'm sure we've all been in a yoga studio where there's somebody in Warrior Two looking up, looking around. All right, I better get a little better, you know. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's I think more of the ego. But we all suffer from this ego, mm-hmm. and I, I hate using the word ego because I don't believe ego is necessarily bad. Well, it isn't if it is your, if you are, a, if it's your servant, if the ego is your servant, Correct. then it's great. Yes. But, you know, if your ego, like I got a huge ego, I can't get through the door someday. <laughs> I don't believe that. But, you know, I, <coughs> ego, I always say, edge God out. Oh, So the beautiful. fuller you are in your ego the less you're aligned to that divine place within that guides you from a sacred place. To what you're supposed to be doing. Well, to not to what you're supposed to be doing, but into alignment with, it. with that and your dharma. That's where I was the going. The more we're full of, in our head about, it's got to be this way, and it's got to be this way, and this happens, so I can't go on just collapses you into your ego greed fear you know there's really only two emotions love and fear and anything that is a fear that's your ego in charge of things that's not that's not allowing the divine god to right. to, to, to i i was talking with this recently you know every single day you're given the opportunity to answer one question to to god do you trust me and that's some heavy stuff because I've been guilty of this numerous times in my life. I want to control every facet. Um, I may or may not be guilty of list making. I love list. I love list I don't of lists. List is necessarily a bad thing. But it's it is if you can't be flexible. Exactly. And that was very very hard for me to learn personally. That ego. What I wanted to control it all. So when I was older too, when I got married, I was in, I was thirty when I got married. Thirty one. And that's a long time to be taking care of the numero uno. Mm-hmm. And yes. that first few years was rough because, hey, that's not right. If it's not my way, it's the wrong way. Right. And that's where that list building, that ego was too much. Being flexible, allowing God to use me. And or in that particular case, you know, my way might not have been the right way. But it was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's all part of it. Like... That's a pretty heavy thought. Three of the five brothers all suffered, if you will, from the same issues of pride, vanity, that egocentric nature. And if you think about it, like where we are now, it's very much me, me, me. Yes. And and all of the political issues, and I hate even going into that, but family issues, it's very much, instead of looking out, how can, how can I help? It's, how can you help me? Yeah, it's, yeah. And to move from that place of, you know, non-ego or non-attachment, it's how may I serve. Oh, beautiful. How may I serve? How, how can I help I serve? you? And I think we do get just so in a routine of our day-to-day existence and the things that we need to do to take care of things that we can forget that 
we're we're all walking each other home and we're we're here to love and serve one another mm-hmm. and imagine and if everybody had that attitude to me god is the strongest through service mm. because when when you're serving another and and you know i keep thinking about the australia deal and all the animals and i've been very pulled to send energy there i would go there if i could mm-hmm. and you know it's like what else really matters when something like that's going on than to go and help our brothers and sisters you know in whatever way we can yeah and you don't have to go to australia to help exactly. your, you, there's there's people that you can help right now exactly um there's there's from a biblical standpoint we're we're strongest when we're weakest when and that goes back to that whole ego when you are not when you're like god i can't do this you're going to have to do it that's when we become strongest oh my gosh this is so totally um the the reading from that book i'm studying was about that you just said the exact words from it should we read it you can if you want get it you i can certainly go get it because it's it's that exact thing you just said and i've been reflecting on it kind of kind of going eclectic back into a different spiritual this is the book is called Jesus and the Tao the the what i said was how it from a christian perspective we are strongest when we're weakest when the ego is at its lowest point and we are relying on god um some people would call it the divine the divine to move through us so that we become the vessel with which he could use yes the disciple of life in gentleness and strength a human being is born gentle and weak at death he is hard and stiff green plants are tender and filled with sap at their death they are withered and dry therefore the stiff and unbending is the disciple of death the gentle and yielding is the disciple of life thus an army without flexibility never wins a battle a tree that is unbending is easily broken the hard and the strong will fall the soft and the weak will overcome hey do your yoga hey by the way (laughs) do yoga the most yielding of all things overcomes the hardest things that which has no substance enters where there's no crevice Hence, I know the value of acting without striving. So maybe if the brothers could have acted on their, the things they felt prideful about without striving to boast and, you know, brag, then they would have been softer. Walking in, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll never know. Few things under heaven bring more benefit than the lessons learned in silence and the actions taken without striving. That's that's a beautiful reminder of how if you're fighting something to make it happen. So I struggle with this. I struggle with this. If you if everything is in your way to make whatever it is that you want to happen, if you just keep being an obstacle after all, maybe it's time to let it go. And as soon as you surrender, pr- surrender, it's amazing the doors that open to it. And that's again going back to that whole your strongest when your weakest concept. Right. So, and 
Say the guy's, I cannot say that guy's name. Eudistir? Eudistir. I want to say Eudistirotera. <laughs> it's such a funny spelling, and, too. So, he stayed true to himself and didn't let his ego say, okay, I'm leaving the dog and going to ascending to heaven. Mm-hmm. He stayed true to his core of... This has been a loyal companion. He has been with me for this whole journey. I'm not leaving the dog. Yep. Yep. I'll stay here. Yeah, exactly. And then that surrendering, you know, who knows how he felt inside because he wanted to go. He walked a long way to get there. (laughs) Um, that, that, That letting go and staying true to himself and his beliefs is what actually got him there. Yeah. And the, the the other cool thing to me that's letting strongest and weaken, who was the dog in the story? He was he he was Dharma. That was that's his purpose. His life that was the in the Indian mythology, Indian philosophy, the Dharma is the your purpose. purpose but it's it's a culmination of all of the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. And so talk about culminating decision points right here. Right. You know, like, no, I'm not leaving the dog. The dog would die here in the mountains without me. I'm not leaving him. You're going to have to go on uh, without me. And it ended up being the physical manifestation, if you will, of all of the decisions of Eudistir's life, good or bad. And in this particular case, it, it ended up being this deity, if you will, of all of the choices. Well, and, and and I don't think it's even necessarily that he didn't have pride and ego, mm-hmm. but through his work and his journey, he transcended that. And he kept learning. And he kept learning, whereas the others, you know, stayed in that more prideful place. So if you if you think about Dharma and Karma You wanna explain those really fast? Uh yeah, karma is kinda like you you reap what you sow what you put out comes back to you. So when you put negativity out into the universe, then it takes a lot more positivity to clean up that karma. But one thing that I really believe is that the debts, the debts and laws of karma shift and evolve as we shift and evolve. So he shifted and evolved through those things, whereas the rest of his family stayed. Yeah, they weren't able to do that. Dharma is the the path the path that is yours, your life purpose. It, you know, it usually has to do with service and living in alignment with spiritual nature and and loving each other. What I love about the first words that you chose for dharma is that it's about service it's about living for something or some one some idea bigger than yourself it's not here which goes back to the ego that killed three of the five mm-hmm. and it's all about something bigger than right here right but you also have to start there like you have to be pure of spirit to reach that level of dharma otherwise the work feels heavy and hard or could you argue that you might and i would almost i would argue at that point and say i have no idea how to quote 
fix, and I hate using the word fix. So rather than figure this crap out, let me just help. Yes. Let me just help. I have no idea, but I know through the service, through the help, that it's going to help somebody else. And I hope that that will just come back to me. And it does. And and so. And that's karma. But that I believe is easier. But it also leads to dharma. Yeah. And I think that that's an easier for because I mean I might be the only one here, but I mean I am messed up. I have wrong thinking all the time. I do things wrong all the time. But I keep going, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna help some. I can help this. I can do this. Let me take these steps towards it. And my idea is, I hope to learn. And become a better person with each of those acts of service. I can't imagine you saying that or ever. What? I screw that up all the you time. Do root wrong things. <laughs> like what? What is right and what is wrong? Like, that's just a label. And the more you judge yourself, oh, that's a deep thought. Changing the thought processes. The less you're going to align naturally with your dharma. Hmm. But if you say. Okay, well, that was out of alignment with who I am at core. It's not right or wrong. It's just something that happened. But then you use that to grow and learn. Then you're putting the action of karma into place. And you're going to naturally align with your dharma. I guess I disagree with there's no right or wrong. Because there are some wrongs. And in this case, and in this story, that it was obviously, it was clearly wrong to have the egocentric attitude. So in my case, when I am, for example, I got super annoyed yesterday. This is so silly. And honey, I love you. Judson, thank you for watching. Um, (laughs) I left the car at home Sunday. It was really busy. It was the first weekend of teacher training and I was legit on fumes. And I left the car home on Sunday with my husband who wasn't feeling well. He's had the same crud that I've got with the kids. And I was like, surely he's going to leave the house at least once and he can go get me some (laughs) gas. And um, Monday, I get in the car, and I was still on fumes. And I was so mad. That's ego. That's so ego. Because I hadn't asked him to get me gas. <laughs> I hadn't said, hey, I'm almost out of gas. Can, can you help me? I had just assumed that he would be like me and unable to stay at home all day because there's so many things that I have to do. And he would have realized, oh, she needs gas. I'll get gas. And that's ego. That was wrong of me. So but that's in the what broader I mean concept of right and wrong, I mean, to me, it's more like what's really going to bite you in the ass is murder. <laughs> of um, course. Of course. And you didn't <coughs> murder him. No. Like, you, you did not murder him. <laughs> For the record. For the record. I saw him yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, <coughs> but I, none get, of these- I get what you're saying. My point is that as we make choices that are out of alignment with divinity, mm-hmm. if we can observe that as you are, and you know, say, well, next time I'll just ask him, yeah. or you know, because you know, expectations and assumptions get us all in trouble. Oh yeah, but that that goes back to that ego, the expect expectation ego, assumption ego. And who's to say if I didn't recognize these little wrong opportunities to improve that I wouldn't one day get to the point where I could do something angry. Depending on how good of a life that you leave, you can actually walk and bring your physical body into heaven. But it's a very rare thing and you have to have this basically impeccable life. 
And so in this story... Very pure of spirit, very clean karma. Mm -hmm. If you've had made mistakes, you've you know, learn from them and grow. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the interesting thing is, and maybe one day we can talk about it, I'll maybe go back into it, that even though these, every, all of these characters that were in these books, and they end up, I shouldn't tell you all this, where they end up can sometimes surprise you. Alexa, turn off. Oh, was the music getting too loud? It was distracting me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the... I hope you edit that out. I'm not sure if I'll be able to, but I will do my best. <laughs> the, the cool thing about it is, is these are all great concepts that are designed to make you think, right? And another really cool thing about these mythological, philosophical conversations is it's not necessarily these people weren't necessarily real people, but it's great things for you and I to consider and to talk about and to maybe use in our own day-to-day -day lives and in terms of how, how do I respond and that sort of thing. So here we are, we have, oh, and by the way, on YouTube, we have a really cool cartoon that kind of depicts this story, if you will, and we'll put links to that one down below. So as the brothers and their wife leave their town, Hastinapur, their country, and everybody's in tears, as soon as they leave town, Oh, Indian background music. As soon as they leave town, this dog just starts to follow them. And it's just some random stray dog. And and it's, remember, this is before cars were around. So people right. just got up and they walked. And and it's not like you're just walking to your neighbor's house like I, I do to Merritt's house. It's a journey. It's a journey. And they don't, they're in South India. And remember, India is a subcontinent. So this is like bigger than Chattanooga. You know, this is bigger than Tennessee. Like this is a huge area and they're in the southern regions and they they make a trek. They make a journey and they go all over the southern region and they kind of go throughout India on this journey to heaven, if you will. And they see, they go into the ocean, they go west and guess what? The dog stays with them the whole time. This dog is just there. And they they befriend they befriend the dog you know the dog's there and then they they kind of make a, a turn to go to the north into the Himalayas right. because that's where heaven the the I guess doorway to heaven is, is to heaven is is into heaven mm -hmm. and so as they get to walk and keep in mind these are older people like these they've already lived their their lives they they left in Ostinapur they left. Their uh, Eudistir's grandson to be the king, Heir. yeah, the, the king. king. So these are not. It's not like, you know, young spry people. These are older people going on this long journey, and as they get towards the Himalayas, Dropadi, the wife, dies, mm -hmm. and the brother Bima asks Eudistir, who's the oldest, and and he said, "Well, why aren't you stopping? Because Eudistir just kept walking, even though his." His wife died. Right, but he also asked why. Yeah. Why did she have to die? They were grieving. Yep. Yep. All of the brothers were grieving over the loss of their wife, and Eudistir, without stopping, said she suffered from the sin of partiality. She always liked Arjuna, mm -hmm. one of the brothers, the best. And so rather than being equally partial to everyone, her sin, which is what caused her to be unable to walk into heaven, was partiality. 
So the brothers in their grief continued walking with their dog, the, the, this new dog that's been with them for, you know, basically, you know, miles and miles. They continue walking through the, up into the Himalayas. And then the next thing we know, Sahadev dies. Wasn't it Sahadev that was second? Mm-hmm. And Bhima, Bhima asks Yudhisthira, who's continuing to walk, and they're, they're, they're mourning for the loss of their brother, why, why did Sahadev die? And Sahadev died because of vanity, right? It was, it was vanity and pride. And he was always, uh, well, his, when his brother asked, he said he was always righteous and honored everyone. And he also was respected by all. Why didn't he reach to heaven? And he was told that he was always very virtuous. No doubt that he was too honest in every aspect, but he had the depravity of pride and egotism. Mm -hmm. So even though all these other aspects of his life, he was, quote, right, doing the right thing, the way that Eudistir explained it to his brothers is he still had he still suffered from the ego and the pride. Right. And so the brothers, the, the remaining brothers, which are now Eudistir the oldest, Bhima, Arjuna, and Nikula, right? Nikula? Um, N-A-K-U-L-A, Nakula. Na- I've been calling it Nakula. Nakula. So. Okay. I listened to the Mahabharata, and I'm trying to remember how they pronounced it. So so now it's Nakula, Arjuna, Bhima, and Eudistir still with the dog traveling up the, the Himalayas, and then the next thing we know, Nakula dies. And Nakula was the favorite by all. Everyone. Everybody was, loved him. Loved he was, him. He was kind-hearted, and he considered all creatures the same, all living things the same. And so, you know, they couldn't understand why. Why didn't he finish his journey? And, um... Yudhisthira said that he should not have been seen as difference in the face, but he had pride on his beauty and he followed and, and he failed to follow Dharma by seeing the differences in skin, by considering himself above all handsome or beauty, whatever word you want to use. So that's the reason he, yep. So he died again because of that pride, that pride and vanity. He couldn't walk into heaven. Mm -hmm. So now we've got the three, oldest brothers who are also in the Mahabharata they're kind of the three main characters there there's tons of characters because this is huge epic but Arjuna Bhima and Yudhisthira are kind of like the three main dudes and they're they're trekking up through the mountains with this little dog and then the next thing we know Arjuna falls and dies Mm -hmm. and when I was reading this and listening to it I was actually kind of shocked that Arjuna Arjuna, yeah because he's like I know about him more than any of the others because he was such a warrior, mm -hmm. a mighty warrior. Yep, he received this um, blessed bow and in the the Mahabharata, which is part of where the Bhagavad Gita comes from, it's this whole conversation